Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, guys? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo Faiz and Sid. We're one game removed from the Knicks streak getting snapped at the hands of the Charlotte Hornets, and we're gonna get into all that and then some. But first, make sure to check out our website, nick-ish.com. March 11th, this Saturday, we're dropping our navy colorway hoodies. So be on the lookout for that. Keep your post notifications on on Instagram. We may have something special in store. So be on the lookout for that. Now bring my guy fight. What's going on, bro? I mean, as good as you can be after losing uh, you know, a nine-game win streak at the hands of a 20-win team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not sky isn't falling. I'm not like absolutely devastated, but you know, I've had better days. Uh what's up, Sid? How you doing, man? I know the Knicks disappointed you in front of in front of Bay, the Liv Morgan Stan account embodiment <laughs> with us right here. But I'm I'm furious. Feeling? I'm furious. I'm I'm disgusted. I'm I'm disheartened. I'm dismembered. I I hate it here. Honestly, um, I can't. And he's not even talking about this. basketball. He's not no, even talking about just, basketball. Like of all the games to lose, bro, in front of Dua Lipa and Liv Morgan, like <laughs> I. I can't believe it. Like, yo, fuck the streak, right? Like, this the streak ain't bothering you. That's not yeah. what it is. Like, basketball happens, but like when there's baddies out there, you you got to deliver. And like, Liv Morgan and Dua Lipa are not regular. So like, <laughs> I know Josh Hart said it. He was like, he was like, yeah. People work like nine to fives. We just play basketball. Like, bro, you couldn't have played basketball just a little bit harder that day. Like, <laughs> like you know, Jordan Poole was out there. He would have made sure that he played a little harder. So come on, man. You guys even 96 so, Jordan right there. Are you kidding? That? Right. So like when you see across the country, someone is like, like, like they, San Francisco doesn't even get the baddies like New York does. Come on. And he finds a way every single time. Like he found a way in the finals. He finds a way, like on Christmas or whatever. But like, true effort is measured on like Monday, March fifth. Was that was that when the game was six? Uh, t- Tuesday the seventh. Oh, Tuesday the seventh. Oh gosh, um, the day before International oh, Women's my- Day, bro. Uh, oh yo, my come god! On. Come on. Yeah, I'm <laughs> come just, on. yeah, I'm unwell, but the Knicks are making me happy for the most part, which is a good job. Good yeah. job to everyone except for the guys on the floor last night, man. Liv Morgan was out there sad. She just wanted to go home with a W, man. And you know, my boy Sid fucking Drake tweeting from home because of that shit, man. Like, yeah, it, it I gotta be better. Y'all gotta be better. But, you know, there's still, that's still the gang. I'm I'm really happy with this with this one streak. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just really happy with, you know, the overall production. And and everything that we've seen so far from the Knicks on this win streak. Yeah, I mean, what do you what are we feeling? I mean, we they lost against the Charlotte Hornets, a twenty game winning team, and a nine game win streak snapped at home. How do we how do we feel overall? I mean, is this we, we got to ring any bells, alarms, or anything like that? Is this is this a problem or 
Is this just um, a matter of shit happens? Um, it's definitely just a matter of shit happens. But I, I think if any bell should be rung, again, it's gonna be like just I guess minutes. Um when it comes to playing these guys, like I know Quick did forty did he do fifty two? Did he he did 55 against the Celtics for sure. Yeah, okay, 55. He did 55 and then he was up next night. Um I understand like, you know, it's this it's this half of the season that's what you, what you probably need to do, but you want to make sure that, you know, your guys don't burn out quick fast in a hurry and then have a stupid exit against like a Cavs team that may or may not have all their players, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a, a trap game at the end of the day. Like, uh, I think the Knicks are looking looking to that four uh, four game West Coast trip coming up, so they kind of underestimated the Charlotte Hornets, especially with the way they played in that first half. I feel like they thought they were able to just nail put the nail in the coffin. You know, you saw quickly go off at that for the I think the second to last bucket, and then Grimes get electric, take it down. You know, all to the other side, and he thought he got fouled. Like the, the Knicks were feeling themselves, but in in a, in a different way. You could tell that. Like, I, like Josh Hart said, I don't want to make an excuse. Like it is just basketball at the end of the day. Like what what is it really? But it's a mental it's a mental game too. That there's other factors to it, and I'm with it all the way in terms of it's not the end of the world. Like I think I would have been more upset losing that Celtics game where um it's against like a rival in the in the East, someone who's actually competing towards. I'm not worried about losing to the Hornets. Like yeah, three other guys went for 20 points. Like. I don't really think I learned anything that bad about the players on the team. Like IQ didn't have a great shooting night, but that's what it was. It wasn't a good shooting night. Randall also didn't have a good shooting night. I, I didn't really like have any problem with their processes or whatever. The shots just weren't falling, but we, we will talk about it a little, a, a little bit later. I did agree in terms of the minutes distribution could have been a little bit, it could have varied a lot more. And I think we, Tibbs was tested uh, after a, a long time and we'll, we'll get into it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just a situation where shit happens. I mean, our guys just got complacent and they were looked like they were just sleepwalking through the game, especially Randall. I mean, he was just chucking shots. We see him driving in less. We saw a lot more, you know, t- twisting and turning in the paint as well, which obviously is, is a recipe for disaster. And I don't know. I think the way Tibbs had his rotations, I'm not too upset by it. I think we saw a guy who wanted to keep or maintain a recipe that he saw them win nine in a row for. And then he decided just to keep it going. I mean, Randall minutes were dropped a little. Obi played more than 10 minutes, I think. Played like 13 minutes. And <laughs> it's just a situation that happens. I, I mean, I, didn't Boston lose to Orlando like three times this season? Were we not the team that were that was beating teams like that five years ago when we had a garbage team? We still won 15 games. And like half those games were against playoff competing teams. So we, we were that team years ago. And Charlotte's basically that team this year. They, you know, Oubre was feeling himself and and the Knicks just got complacent hopefully I mean the most important thing like like you mentioned Fies, it's just it's a mental game once you once you take your eye off the ball it's hard to get it back you know back in focus and we want to make sure they keep momentum going and obviously this West Coast trip West Coast trip without Brunson is gonna be a major challenge so they gotta they gotta just maintain focus I, I I'm sure that they will and I'm not I'm not too concerned but you know cautious optimism always with the Knicks um, Sid, what do you what did you think about this team without uh, Brunson? Did you see anything on the floor that particularly put, made you feel any type of way? I mean, Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> how how can you not feel? Uh, how can you not feel giddy about Emmanuel quickly mm. hopping around the TD Garden and having the time of his life, dropping forty plus, talking just oh my, how <laughs> there's 
not only is Emmanuel quickly a Kentucky guy, like shout out the gang always, but like he's one of those guys, like you looked at the draft, they said the next got a D plus for drafting or <laughs> whatever. I don't I don't care about any of that. At the end of the day, you see an undersized guard, and it's just like how many people like that survive in this league? And every single time they've needed Emmanuel quickly to do something that is outside of his ass skill set, he adds it to his skill set. So there are some there are the early years where he where we had him playing actual point guard and distributing, which we have him doing now. Um, I'm pretty sure he's one of the better defenders on the team, if not one of the best defenders on the team. So it's Emmanuel quickly. We're we're seeing him grow up right in front of our our eyes and it's kind of the huge moment he got robbed of um in college he didn't get his second ncaa tournament he him and tyrese maxi were the COVID year so um you know seeing him finally get this national recognition and having this huge presence for the knicks while while on this type of win streak and everything like that and then capping it off with a game like that against the celtics and and the uh, you know the the atlantic division and everything like that you know that that's the kind of stuff you love to see going into the playoffs because now you know you know those guys who are willing and able to step up. Yeah, and for a guy who loves Kentucky as much as you do, I'm just curious. How'd you feel about IQ when he got drafted to the Knicks? Those, oh, I was so excited. Ago. Yeah, I was, you, I was so excited. Yeah, did you think it was a safe bet or did you think it was a high risk, high reward kind of thing? Because you know, I thought quickly and Maxi should have gone in the top ten. Um, wow. yeah. Um, and this is just by virtue of watching them. Um, Maxi, you know, he is exactly who he is in the NBA in college. He was, he was that scorer. He was, he was one of those guys who, who always created something. And it was, it was, it was a very fun experience to watch quickly was not always that guy. Um, And Emmanuel quickly's first year, there were a lot of shades of, okay, this kid is pretty good, but his second year is kind of when, when I said, okay, this guy developed next to Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, I thought Shea was the better player at that point. Uh, when they were together, I was like, I want to see what he's able to do. But I think he can get drafted first round. Um, and I just don't know how it'll turn out. That second year, I said, this is a guy who should probably go lottery. He won't. But whoever takes him is getting a home run pick. And... um. I, I I probably don't have any like callbacks or notes toward or, or anything specific, but you know, I always bet on blue. Um more more often <laughs> than not, I'm I'm betting on blue. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my UK guys to war aside from like Scalaby Sierra and I don't like Jamal Murray, but like that's a whole different thing. Yeah, I mean also to your point, like the way Emmanuel quickly has been overcoming adversity, every single adversity that's thrown on him, even uh at the NBA level, even this year, we talked about it last week. Emmanuel quickly was in uh trade rumors earlier this year, uh like real frustrating for Knicks fans, and he was able to overcome that. Even through his shooting slumps, he's found ways to improve his game by, you know, adding the rebounding, getting better at defense, being like a defender at a help defense and on the point of attack, like isolation defender. He's a great guy. All, all in all, like if you look at even advanced metrics, Emmanuel quickly has just been, as we think on, on Nickish, you know, the sixth man of the year. So, um, you know, shout out to him for improving, and you're 100 percent right. It was just great to see that when uh, a guy like Brunson, who's been playing as well as he has, the MVP of this team, goes out, Emmanuel quickly was able to fill that role almost 
perfectly for us. And, uh, you know, it's what Knicks fans were clamoring for last year when we were saying, why don't we start Emmanuel quickly over Alec Burks? And, you know, whatever it may be, whatever, you know, a lot of people on Knicks Twitter, uh, you know, arguing that was part of Tibbs' development or not, whatever it is, I'm just glad to have that guy on our team right now. Yeah, man, was going to get fired. There was a report that came out a couple of days ago where Tibbs basically said, to some source who then reported it to whomever he's like, yo, they're going to fire me. That, and that was back in December. I think they lost a couple of games then. And um, you know, obviously the record wasn't so good. And then he had to do what we've been begging him for years, literally to do. And that's to prioritize the young guys and sit out Fournier, sit out Rose and just let the young guys play. And, you know, to his credit, he did it and they're, they're balling out and they, they saved his job for, for another year. Is Fournier still on the team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be a good contract yeah. though in the summer as a as a trade as a as a trade off option. It's gonna be a he's a really still on the team. I had yeah, no he, clue. he didn't get moved at the deadline. Wow. Neither him nor Rose. Okay, Derek Rose, I'm not surprised about. Like Tibbs will probably like die next to that man. Mm. <laughs> but like Bornier, really? Like he's still here? Yeah, he'll, he'll be gone we... in the summer. Oh as yeah, much... for sure. Just like that's so weird. And for as much as we make fun of Tibbs, it seems like Rose is willing to die on that hill with Tibbs. Like he he apparently was saying how he had no idea, like he had no conversation about being bought out. He's not even thinking about that. Like he, he seems like he wants to stick with, with Tibbs and the Knicks. So, you know, more power to them. Hey, man, if Derek Rose want to hang out in New York, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. That's man. dope. Again, we talked about it last week, but the shades of Derek Rose as that bench bench starter helping the other players out we're seeing we through the year we've been seeing emmanuel quickly do that as well so perfect example for the guys on the team so yeah we'd love to keep rose that if you're telling me a previous mvp is one of the guys that these guys are training with hell fucking yeah man Let's yeah go right it. like <laughs> you can learn something i know i know deuce loves the guy like yeah. they're yeah like that's a that's that's uncle and nephew right there Every team needs vets. I mean, you can look at the Grizzlies. They obviously are going through issues. It's a young ass team. We're not going to go into yeah. that, but they obviously, do need vets for obviously, sure. you need you need vets, especially on a young team. We got a we got a young team. All right, so Jalen Brunson wasn't playing the last two games. He might be out for I don't know, maybe five to seven games, possibly. Uh, there's no official report yet. The Knicks have 15 games left to go. Let's assume that the that Brunson's out for let's say half those games just to let just him be chill safe. man we, we got playoffs coming up let him Seven chill games. we, <laughs> we him still chill. we still got the west coast trip so out of those 15 games how many games do you think the Knicks can win if Brunson misses those seven um I mean I, I'm gonna go out I'm gonna say at least I mean I think before he went out I was I thought that the Knicks would lose four games to end the year with him out I'm gonna say one more like five I don't I'm not that the schedule is pretty easy from here. It's not a lot of hard teams, so I'm not too. I don't, scared, I don't think so. so. I think I mean, if you let's just look at the next seven games. I'm pulling up right now. I know the Kings are next. They're number yeah, two in the West. One. Yeah, that's a tough number one. two in the West right now. I, I had to fucking rub my eyes to double check that one. That that's sounds yesterday. so weird. They're like the beam. <laughs> um, they're facing. Where the fuck is it? All right, they're facing. I mean, if they're going to the West Coast, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to play yeah. the Lakers and Clippers. Like they always Kings, yeah, Clippers, but... Lakers, Blazers, and then Nuggets, and that, and then the Wolves, and then the Heat, and then the Magic. So the next real, I guess, quote unquote, easy game would be on the 23rd against the Magic. So not too easy. Uh, and I mean, the, the Clippers might be an easy uh, game. 
Could Lakers be. are Could Lakers be. are yeah. Lakers are scrappy right now, but no LeBron. They're desperate. Boston. They're they're playing AD AD's killing it right now. And also, it's also weird to say, but he's killing he's killing it right now. It's been a minute since I said that. And the confidence I have with the Knicks, like I don't know the Blazers game. I'm not I'm not too scared either of that game either. I, maybe it's just the Knicks making me talk all hot, running around like John Gotti <laughs> right now. But you know, if, if the Knicks are especially if what we're saying is happening where this was the trap game that they're really hyper focused on this West Coast trip, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to count them out. Like, yeah, yeah, I I I could see like. I don't want to say five. That's that feels high, but like it does feel high. But without Brunson, <laughs> I feel like five games. Like that's. But that also like how good I can. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say five, five. Yeah, five. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, yeah that feels I mean, right. we're in a position where we could li- we could feel confident that they could beat any team in the NBA right now. I think that's safe to say. You say like out of fifteen uh, games, you lose a third of them. That's not pretty solid. Like it's not great. It's not horrible. Like you know. It, it depends on what everyone else around them does. That's what it comes down to. That's, you know, I, I think the Knicks have gotten to a place where they're kind of, uh, they're they're not going to be victims to anything. Like, I, I think no matter what, um, this Knicks team is going to, I, I don't think an Eastern Conference Finals is on the table. Um, it could be. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, you know. This this Knicks team, I I think at least has a ceiling, and it has a ceiling that makes me feel like, hey, good job, um, let's keep adding to what we have, and let's like if the opportunity is there to to jump at something, for sure, like jump at like you know an Eastern Conference Finals bid or something like that. But you know, I just don't think it's gonna happen. So. There, there's some confidence there, but there's also, you know, there, there's a ceiling here as well for all that confidence, no matter what. Right. I mean, it's still te- like, I'm not saying it's a rebuilding year necessarily, but like going into this year, like the only real major addition the Knicks made was Jalen Brunson and him playing like the at the level he is, is the reason we are where we are. So like, if you're telling me like before this season, I think a lot of fans were talking about just like making the play. And so if the Knicks could even possibly come out the first round, I, I'll, I'll take that. That's not, that's not. You know, I know it's like, why would you only be wishing for that as the ceiling? But you got to be realistic with where they are as a team. And we've seen it before. Like, we've seen it with the Hawks. I'm not trying to compare this Knicks team to the Hawks team. But, you know, injuries go a certain way. Players step up in a certain way. The Knicks could potentially be in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know? Who knows how it goes? Right, 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 right. And, you know, it's all about who gets hot when and everything like that. So, yeah, it's – I think for me, going into this year, what I thought a successful year was, was – avoiding the plane right right yeah yeah i mean and it looks like we're gonna do that so pretty, um, pretty much yeah when I mean, we, we talk about rebuilding plans yeah we're like on year three of leon rose's rebuilding plan he's been doing a pretty fucking good job you can't make a contender in three years but you you build to it and that's that's slowly but surely that's kind of where we're at right now we got a right we got a bonafide so, star we got an all-star we got young guys we got great cap we got picks i mean yeah I, I was literally you, saying the other day. I, I was saying the other day. Um, I, I think we just gotten past like the four year anniversary of when uh, Leon Rose got hired, and I was just like, "Well, the the road has been very rocky, all things considered." Um, there are still some things that I don't like about how the Knicks are run, but um, all things considered, 
the Knicks are in an infinitely better place than where they were before Leon Rose. Um, and for what they have, it seems to be set up for some sort of longevity or at least some sort of some sort of like viability moving forward, especially when you look at contracts and and cap and and picks and everything like that. It seems like, um, you know, all things considered, they've built something that is sustainable for the time being. So that is way better than anything that we had ever seen in our lifetime up until Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, every transaction that Leon has done or every transaction that has gone through, it, it seems as though that he's planning ahead for the next year and what to do with the next pick. Like, even with this uh, giving up the, the Knicks' own pick this year, I know a lot of people were upset about trading their own pick for a guy like Josh Hart, but Knicks fans, again, a reminder, we have the Mavs pick, and that might be Leon doing his, his you know, magic, deciding that the Mavs pick might be more valuable to us than the, the Knicks' own pick. So it seems like he's always looking ahead when making these moves. And uh, I, I think you're right in terms of, like, there's a there's room for another player to be added, and that that's what they're looking forward to. Yeah, I mean it's a business at the end of the day, and we all know how business runs. I, essential step number one is to establish the culture. We we actually have a culture that we can be proud of, and as a Knicks fan, that that shit doesn't happen often. We we and you once you get that culture set up, you get the right guys to first of all, you get the right guys to set up that culture, and then you start adding on to it. And we have those two pieces, and now we're in a position where even ESPN reporters are saying that. We could be, you know, getting guys attracted to come to the team, major stars. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was that star last year, and I think we can expect more guys to be to be interested. Um, without naming one specific player, what would you guys say is Nick's biggest strength right now as a team? Biggest strength? Probably defense. I know, like statistically, their defense isn't there, but if you watch it with the eye test, man, they play. They look like they're playing like as a unit. Like they're playing with as, as a yeah. Like they really have their defensive sets and organization on point. So mm. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I think defense. Um, all things considered, um, they've they've played, they they they've played to 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 nobody's strength, which makes um you know which gives which gives the Knicks a really good chance to win every single game that that they have. Mitchell Robinson coming back is a huge part of that. Um and then just Josh Hart. Um the only trade deadline acquisition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um only trade deadline acquisition. That's tangible at least. Um and you know he's one of those guys automatic game changer every night. Um and then like like you said, um it's it's the culture. It's it's doing it's it's having guys like Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart together and being like, you know, like, you know, like, yo, like, you know, this is this is it. And then you have Mikhail Bridges looking over. You got mm-hmm. you got Donovan Mitchell looking over. So, you know, it's just little stuff that like that uh, that, you know, that kind of camaraderie brings together. And and I think that impacts defense. You know, you have people you're happy to be with and everything like that. You want to play for each other instead of playing for playing for a coach or, or whoever. Right. I mean, I would have to say, like, offensive rebounding and, like, I guess hustle in general. I know that this Knicks team isn't necessarily the 90s Knicks where we're seeing, like, them jump into the crowd. Like, yeah, there are moments where where there's, like, a lot of hustle and we're seeing intensity. But, like, um, 
it's it's been the like especially since last year this this is a it's a it's a resurgence of like seeing them actually work hard grind hard and you know a lot of the times when these Knicks Knicks are missing shots it's nice to have Mitchell Robinson back because he's a beast of an offensive rebounder and I think uh, we lead like the league in in, in those offensive rebounding stats so uh, I, I gotta credit the offensive rebounding on this team yeah I mean for me it's what was the last time we had two two-way players we we got a team full of guys that are two-way players we got Grimes we got IQ even Randall to a point RJ sometimes we have multiple guys who can play both sides of the ball and they're creative and they can create their own shots. So I think just elevating that talent level and just being smart with the draft processes has really taken us to this level. I mean, even, even if you think back to that 2013 Knicks, who was really our two-way guy at that time? J.R. Smith. Okay, yeah. J.R. Smith was pretty good on defense yeah. defense. Melo's and defense still didn't kick it. That's about it. We we never saw it. even to this day. We never saw it. <laughs> but Tyson Chandler was never an offensive guy. Like right. Yeah, no. And even even Mitch is starting to get points. He's getting double digit points more more often than not. So I'm not saying he's a two way player, but he can get buckets when he when he needs to. They can at least find him. Um, but no, just surrounding the team with guys who can do both sides of the game is is definitely a high plus. I mean, you also got to credit the shooting because, like, on that streak, man, the Knicks were hot, like red hot. And I know we had shooters during that 2012-13 run, but they were all old as shit. Like, <laughs> there was no excitement. Like, yeah, we're going to be able to replicate this. Now it's like all the good shooters. Even that year that we went made the fourth seed, all the good shooters were, like, older guys like Burks, Bullock. You know, now Derrick Rose was a good shooter. That, that was when he found his three-point shot. But now it's like you're looking at even guys like Deuce Kick comes in last night and he's making shots. Like, that gets you excited, man. Like. Yeah, we we don't we no longer have just one dimensional players. They are they're capable of doing multiple things. Right, I, I think you know that's just good for any team trying to improve. Just right. having full effort, going uh you know going going north and south as often as possible, and you know efficient dribbling and everything like that. So it's great to see Tibbs' version of offense finally coming together. Even though, like, I still don't really think he runs a specific set, but well, you are seeing players getting more comfortable in that system that he's always liked in terms of read and react. Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were upset when Ob was. I think they were in transition, and instead of running to the paint, he ran to the to the three point line. But like that, that's what Tibbs kind of wants. He wants to get like the the you know efficient shot. He wants to get the three point shot. We've seen him try to use Ob as a three point shooter. So even like Ob getting more comfortable in the system. I know he missed the shot and stuff, but, you know, getting seeing him get more comfortable in the system, like, uh, Tibbs has been asking for read and react, read and react, but when you see guys like Grimes, IQ step up, I feel like now that read and react system is kind of working better. Josh Hart, another example of that, like, he's the perfect read and react guy, and I feel like before Tibbs was asking to employ a system that we just didn't have the facilities for that, bro. We, we just did not, we just did not have the facilities for that. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, speaking about the two-way guys, I know over the last, the over the win streak, we've seen RJ come up and down, but I personally feel like we've seen him play much better on defense. Now, that could be because he was so bad on defense all year. This little bit of defense is making us feel better, but I'm wondering, what, what are your guys' thoughts on RJ? He's like the most controversial man on Nick's Twitter right now. Uh, Mo, you can, you can go first. Uh, I just thought in my head it too. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's like a hot potato man. here. Like, that's, <laughs> I don't, that's why I don't want to really talk too much about him. I mean, he's he's always been the son of Nickish for years, years. And it's just, I mean, he was playing so well that first half. But if you look at the box score now, it's just 10 to 24, 
one for seven his shots in one day out the other his defense is in and it's out he just doesn't he started aggressive. the first half like nine for 11 or something man and yeah you go 10 for 24 oh it's, that's just and like every game we see a player step up and really take us to to get that win we saw we saw randall we seen brunson we saw iq i thought this was going to be rj's game where he was going to take over the hornets i mean this was his best shot to if you're going to pick any team to really handle let it be the hornets and that that second half he he just didn't have it as much i mean randall was also playing alongside him randall's taking some stupid ass shots and that took it away from rj but when you're when you're a leading shot taker in this game, it's it's not a good look when you're shooting forty two percent and fourteen percent from the three. I mean, I don't know RJ overall. I and I always say this. I'm not too worried about him. I he'll always I I'll, I'll always believe that he'll be able to put it together. But the ceiling that I used to have for him, and I'll be honest, the ceiling that I have for RJ has come down a little bit. I, I him coming into the league his first couple of years, I thought he could be a superstar, but. You know that currently, at least, I, I think his ceiling is is an all star and just a maybe a multi time, maybe maybe a couple of time all star. Multi isn't like two all stars. I'll be honest, but yeah. So like, yeah. even more than that, it's tough to say and it, it's upsetting to say. But I I gotta be I gotta be clear. I gotta be honest. It, that capability that I once thought for RJ has dwindled a little. He is still twenty two years old. I could come back to this episode a year from now and be like, what the fuck was I talking about? But. I, from what I've seen this this year, it's not a step up from from last year. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I just about feel the same. Um, RJ has always been one of those interesting guys because coming out of the draft, I thought he was probably the most like ready scorer just because NBA ready. The, yeah, like you know, he just looked the most NBA ready. He looked like he could be a the most ready like of the three guys drafted i was like oh that'll probably be the best score of the three he's not obviously um but yeah. availability is the best ability <laughs> one of them <laughs> i mean i agree but like shit nah, I- i'm just i'm just echoing what everyone on nick's twitter is saying They're like yeah rj's right. better than jaw because he's on the court don't do that man <laughs> don't do that <laughs> yeah like, i mean let's not do that <laughs> yeah w- when it comes down to it like i'm glad rj is there um he's still 22 there's so much time. So, so, so much time. Um, But my ceiling for RJ's come down just, just realizing he's not like a top. He, he was a top three guy. He's not like, he's not like one or two, like, you know, and it's, I want to say when I, when I thought about RJ Barrett coming out of Duke, I want to say, I thought, if everything goes exactly perfectly right, he is Kawhi Leonard, uh, with, with with a bit more scoring. Uh, then I then I toned it down. I was like, ah, it looks more like a Jimmy Butler kind of guy. Now I'm kind of at like, uh, I want to say like a Rudy Gay kind of guy, but like not in a bad way, like the Rudy Gay that could go off for like. 48 and like 2k kind of kind of uh, like, like, i love i'm so glad you said it's 2k that's, that's yeah it. yeah yeah so, so it's like, like danny granger we, we're, we're in danny granger levels now pretty much yeah actually oh, that's perfect that's a pretty good that's a pretty good and that and that even then i don't think danny granger is a bad thing i think danny granger uh his prime was nice man right person wrong time injuries like danny granger now would He'd be amazing. Like I, I would love Danny Granger 
prime Danny Granger on like the Knicks now. That'd be amazing. But, you know, shit be happening. Man, I just realized like what you guys saying it is like he's 20, 21, 22. Like, is that our version of the Jason Tatum? But he's just 19. He's just 19. Like, I just keep seeing, like, I keep seeing Knicks men say that. I'm like, damn, how long are we going to cling on to this man? Like, I mean, and it for sucks as cause... long as he's young, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. How long is he young, man? <laughs> it's so serious. Like, I, I, I agree with you guys in terms of I, I still do have that belief he could make that leap. Like, I just think that RJ was someone who was like, – I know this is like psychoanalyzing him a little bit, but a little sheltered, you know, a little spoon-fed on the way up. And, like, he just doesn't have that, like – like, you see guys like Josh Hart who had to earn it. Like, every step of the way they had to earn it. It feels like RJ just doesn't have that, like, motor in him where it's like, I just have to take over this game. I have to, like – like as soon as the Hornets take away the, the the left from him, he's basically out of the game. Like there's no contribution he has, so it's it's frustrating to see him. But I still do believe he has all the right tools because he's been spoon fed the way he has on the way here. He has all the right tools, so it's still possible for him to put that package all together. It just I don't know. I know it's a very controversial take, but I feel like it might take for him to like get traded or something to finally like, kind of wake up like Andrew Wiggins style and realize like. Hey, like I really have to get this together because it does feel like these minutes. Like I know Tibbs a few times through this win streak and whatnot has benched RJ in the fourth and whatnot, but RJ more or less has the Kevin Knox open lane. Like do what you want. Like this is your team. You know, do as you please. And I don't know if it's really benefited him, and it's it's a little frustrating to see. But you yeah, know, at the end of the day, as a Knicks fan, I'm going to try to stay positive. You know, like and this this is his chance to really step up with Brunson out. We need a guy taking more shots, getting efficient, facilitating more. I mean, RJ is not a bad facilitator. We see him game Mitchell Robinson pretty often on an alley, but he he needs to step up. And he's lucky. Actually, we're lucky as Knicks fans that Grimes stepped up, IQ stepped up, Randall stepped up. The rest of the team stepped up, and he didn't. And had they not stepped up, we'd be talking a lot more differently about RJ Barry. Be like, yo, why are you dropping only ten points? This is your chance. This is year four, right? You gotta. You can't be having four point games or seventeen point games. You can't be shooting ten to twenty four. I mean, god damn, that's it's at a point it's it's unacceptable. And I'm I'm getting to that point. But it doesn't matter as long as we keep winning overall. I mean, he'll he has more he has he's giving more ample opportunity to to really get his shit together. Uh any last points before we wrap this episode up? I was just gonna ask both of you what what's the prediction for the West Coast trip out of four? What are you guys thinking? Four. Four-oh? <laughs> well. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're two good. We're two. a really good road team. I think we're the second or third best road team in the two and East, two, I'll if be not happy. the league. So we got four and four, two and two, just to keep it spicy. I'll go with the three and one, you know? <laughs> just, just, right. to, just to get some variety in there. <sighs> hey, yeah. I mean, West Coast Lakers game, there might be some baddies, man. We might see a Knicks collapse again, bro. They are not playing good <laughs> in front of the baddies. Like, Lakers, Clippers. Yo, is WWE Blazers. going on tour? Are they, are they on tour in LA? In, in a Ooh, week? WrestleMania is coming up. WrestleMania, WrestleMania is in Hollywood. Uh, that's in two weeks, though. Oh, uh, yeah, they could go three and one. Yeah, no, Liv, they could totally go three. We see Liv Morgan back over there. In a, in a what, what do you think is the, the most likely game that they drop out of the four? Lakers. Right, I just feel like that Lakers team is just Lakers. like they're they're really scrappy right now. We've had a low key, we've had a tough time against the Lakers. Like I think last year we had that overtime loss where RJ shot it into overtime, and then we just crumbled. Yeah, like, yeah Lakers. 
that that'll be a stupid loss, but a loss nonetheless for sure. Yeah, the Clippers game that we had earlier this year, I like we played well. It's just it was an overtime game, I think mm-hmm. that day game and whatnot. A little frustrating. Could be the Kings game though. To be honest, it could it could just end up being the Kings game because that beam, that would be too easy though. Randall's gonna see some bonus. It's gonna be a wrap. We all, we yeah, Ra- Randall be bullying Sabonis. So like he takes that I, he takes that matchup very personally. Yeah, he should. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying I don't like Sabonis, but I if there were someone I didn't like, it would totally be him. It's it's like those memes say if his name was Red Donovich, everyone would love him. Sabonis and Randall are like almost the same player. Just because yeah. his name is Sabonis, everyone fucking loves that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, fuck that guy. <laughs> All right, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Nickish. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Nickish NYC. Subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms. Give us that five star review and uh, keep a lookout for this Saturday, March 11th. We are dropping the hoodie in a navy colorway. And uh, make sure to keep your post notifications on Instagram. Probably got something special there. And uh, yeah, let's go, Knicks. Let's get that W against the Kings. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Later.